I believe your text was Brock Bowers stroking his chin dot gif. And I was like, I'm on it. I'm already on it. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to My Got a Podcast. I'm Jim Wood. In this episode, John Powell and I review Georgia's 27 to 20 win over Auburn. We talk about our experiences on Saturday and what stood out to us during the game. As always, remember to check out the newly redesigned MyGotAPodcast.com to see our latest merch. And you can follow us on social media at MyGotAPodcast. Finally, we'd love for you to check out our presenting sponsor, Oxia Time, at OxiaTime.com. That's A-X-I-A-T-I-M-E.com. Now, let's join the conversation in progress. Just like we thought it was going to be, right? Yeah, yeah, no, exactly, exactly how we planned it, how we drew it up. Um, Pat pat on the back to you, Jim, you nailed it. Hey, I was closer. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly. (laughs) Oh, man. I I think we failed to factor in and, you know, credit to the listener questions. We had multiple folks talking about being nervous and Jordan here voodoo. So I guess we should have paid, we should have heeded those warnings. Apologies. (laughs) Yeah, there's always always some you know you you never you never factor in you never factor in the whole like literally everything going wrong for Georgia like yeah. slow start turnovers um, Auburn playing out of their mind um, our defense being un- unable to stop a nosebleed um, particularly in the first half so yeah 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 blame the me, ter- Jim blame me I don't have bourbon today I have um, I've got to get rid of this stuff because I can't have any of it uh, lingering for too much longer. But before the game, I stopped and did my grocery shopping. I was texting you. I, unfortunately, I didn't get the recipes uh, for for Ponda's famous bean dip. I ended up going with a fortunately simpler um, uh, sausage dip. Okay. And I saw this at I saw this pumpkin ale at at Aldi um, that actually usually has pretty good, pretty good beer selections. Um, if you've ever purchased beer from Aldi, I'd recommend it. Um, but in this case, I bought a pumpkin ale, um, which I had, had seen and I hadn't had a pumpkin ale yet this season. And I figured I would consume the orange. Um, (laughs) so that was my pregame drink, unfortunately. And I very quickly pivoted to, uh, I pivoted to a Kentucky mule alluding to what was coming next. Okay. Okay, got it. I yeah, I usually don't do bourbon during the games. I uh, I went with a, with a standard, so I don't think my beer uh, would have had any impact because uh, I, I always have. Uh, or this week, I had Classic City Lager during the game. Mm, see, so, that's normally my, that's no, a normal beer go to for me during the games. But did you uh, do your Did you do your run? Did you run on Saturday? I did. It okay. was late. Okay, see, it was okay. late. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it was a slow start. <laughs> yeah, you know, like I don't, I, I don't know, man. I had a slow start to it. Um, I actually had. I, I don't know why I thought this because we're on fall break and they had already kind of told us that the practices were canceled. But like in my head, I got the notification that Carter had baseball practice in the morning, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, I'll just, I'll just go during, I'll just run during his practice. Um, but he didn't have practice, and I was like, I had to scramble kind of last minute. Mm, got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah, did I what, did I not respond with the with the recipe fast enough? If not, if so, my bad. I was in the grocery store, so I didn't get it until after. Oh, got it. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, pro tip: you can always search the My Got a Podcast Twitter account. It's true. <laughs> I think if you, I, I can't remember. That's actually how I found it because I, I can never, 
I can never like <laughs> Hold on, let me consult the Twitters. <laughs> exactly. Because I'm like, I know, I know I've read it down, I wrote it down there. Um That's funny. Because you know, I know how to do it on my own, but I can never remember like the sizes of things, right? Like by this, it's this much sour cream and it's this much, like, you know, I can never remember. I have it written down there. So Anyway. We, need to get, we need to get a, a dog Twitter cookbook going. Um, yeah, seriously. All, all the different recipes, you know, like Bobby's steak seasoning. And uh, I could I could probably get uh, Daniel. Dan, Daniel is like a Daniel Smith, John's brother. He, he's like a, a baker. Like, dude, dude makes some legit cakes. <laughs> the, thus the, the desire to have cake after the Clemson victory. <laughs> hey, you know what? That, that's, that's probably true. We could have Ponda's, Ponda's famous bean dip um some other some other recipes out there uh hunter could give us his uh his low country boil recipe complete yeah. with the what, what's the, what's his special ingredient like pineapple or something mm, oh yeah it, it is something that like i was unaware of so yeah anyway there was football played there was football played um allegedly so, yeah i mean where to start <laughs> I mean, let's just start with the obvious. So I believe what I, I'm, I don't have the stats in front of me. I should have looked at it up ahead of time. But like Carson has been pretty had been pretty perfect all, all season long and picked a pretty inopportune time to throw an interception. Yeah, I will say. So on the pick, I mean, there was actually another pass that I would say that was worse that didn't get intercepted. But even on that one, he was getting there was one in the I think it was in the fourth quarter when he got it was, either, I don't know, it was the second half. When he was getting mm-hmm. hit as he threw and like an hour player dove and probably should have picked it off. But right. that one wasn't so much a bad decision. It was just he got hit as he was trying yeah, to throw right. the ball away. But right. I've got to give the DB credit. I mean, he broke in on that ball very well. I will say, I mean, you pointed out in our preview that Auburn had a pretty good pass defense. Um, mm-hmm. And it showed. I mean, that that was a heck of an interception. So I don't know. Some of that, I, I got to give him credit for that. He's also the SEC's leader in interceptions. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, he had only, that was, that was his first, I mean, it was, sec, it was Carson's second interception. The other one was the, where he thought he had a free play against ball state and kind of heaved one up and it was a, uh, a deflected pass, a drop, I guess I would say. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah, agreed. But I mean, between as crazy as the game was as close as it was, I mean, 14 points off turnovers, you take that away and, it's not as close. It's more kind of in line with what we were thinking, right? Yeah, yeah. No, that, I, I think I had messaged that. So uh, all throughout the game, right? So the first half was obviously a nightmare for everybody. Um, I was sitting there pondering, like, what my responses were going to be at church on Sunday morning with all these Auburn fans that I know. Um, okay. I was just I was just imagining, like, the the meltdown that, that was going to happen with, with the Auburn folks in our community. But um, anyway that it was not to be, but at the same time, like I was, I was worried, but like, again, I, I guess I kind of go back to to what Kirby, what Kirby's been preaching is like composure connection. Uh, what else did he say? Like, I, I don't know. Resil- like com- resiliency. Resili- resiliency. Yeah. Yeah. Composure moment by moment. Right. Like, yeah. I did not think that we were losing as badly as the score showed. And even though it felt weird, like my, Lindsay, like every time something bad would happen, like Lindsay would like look over and she was like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, this isn't ideal, but right. it is what it is right now. And at one point I was sitting on the couch and like Carter was freaking out and he was like, dude, why are you so relaxed? Like, 
we're, we're getting our butts kicked. <laughs> and I, and I looked over it and I was like, I mean, I just feel like we're going to figure it out. And that's kind of where Kirby has brought this program. It, had this been like 10, 20 years ago, like, you, you know, we'd be listening to Munson and you'd, you'd be watching, you know, Rick and, you know, Donnan and whoever, like you'd be watching those guys and you'd be like losing your mind, like biting your nails. Like, you know what I mean? Like Munsoning, yeah. is, Munsoning is definitely dead. We've talked about that. Yeah. Um, the couple of back-to-back national championships will, will, will help that along. Um, but at the same time, like Kirby has just built a machine and they just like, if there ever was an Alabama like performance where you just, you just like, we're inevitable, you know what I mean? Like that's, Mm. that's kind of how we've become. And even in those Alabama games, like, you know, when Georgia, you know, in 2012, like we had them on the ropes and then all of a sudden, like they just figured out a way to win. And that's what, that's what great teams and that's what great programs do. Yeah. I mean, it was one where, I mean, you're right. I mean, I, I never felt like, it's not that I wasn't ever worried or anything, but I still didn't. Right. I, I felt like we were going to figure it out. I felt like we were going to come back and win. Um, I, well, I felt like there's no way we're going to let a team this one dimensional beat us. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. We let them have a lot more success than I expected, but we, in the end, we did not let them beat us. Um, so yeah, that, I guess that's what surprised me the most, but for all the talk of, the slow start against South Carolina and that mean being the Missouri game. Uh, I think this was a lot, this was closer to the Missouri game. I would say than South Carolina was. Mm-hmm. Um, and ironically, actually it's, it was the exact same point in the season. Uh, Missouri was game five last year. This was game five uh, on the road, um, hostile environment. And uh, it was tough. It was tough, but I mean, stepped up, and to talk about Carson Beck, I mean, what a fourth quarter, what a second half. I mean, really what a game. And I mean, you know, you mentioned the the turnover thing, but he, I mean, he's been, he's been consistent um, throughout the season, but I mean, you know, first ever road start 23 of 33, 313 yards, one touchdown and one pick uh, heck of a game from Carson. He showed me, he showed me a lot. Yeah. I mean, there were the, the couple of drives that we had at the end of the game, um i think one we ended up kicking a field goal on which we'll get to that in a second but then obviously the touchdown to go ahead right um Mm -hmm. maybe we punted it i can't remember but um anyway the there were several season defining you know series for for carson beck um in this game and fortunately we were able to connect with we figured out that, hey, you know, maybe we should throw the ball to this guy, Brock Bowers. He's pretty good at um, catching the football and running with it. Um, maybe we should give him the ball more than we did in the first half. And uh, I don't know. Like, I get like is, that's not the first time that that's happened this season. So, like, I, I really, uh, you know, obviously we figured it out. I think that it's probably unfair for anybody to truly criticize Bobo. There are a handful of bonehead calls that I feel like we're kind of like, what are we doing here? Mm-hmm. Like the end of the half, you know, we, we ran the ball and then we decided to throw it, which gave them an opportunity to, you know, come back and, and get the ball back before halftime. Um, yeah. There was a couple of calls like the, I think it was, I don't know if it was a designed run or if Carson just decided to run, but it was like, he he decided to take off and run with the ball and ended up getting stuffed. Uh, I think he, he picked the wrong hole. I think John t- texted the thread, like a quarterback draw on, on 
like second down, second down ten or something like that. I know Gary Daniel. I know the player you're talking about. I know Gary Daniel said said that that was not a called run or right. draw for what it's worth. I don't. I know. didn't think it. I didn't think it was a called run. It didn't look either. like it with the way everyone was was running. But so back to your, your what you were talking about with the with the drives in the second half. So the last three drives, there was a 98 yard touchdown drive that right. was to tie the game at 17. Um, mm-hmm. Then there was a seven play 71 yard drive. That was the field goal to go up 20 to 17. And then the game winner was a seven play 75 yard drive touchdown drive. Okay. So those okay. are the last three drives of the game. Pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah. We, we closed the game well. Right. And I guess it was, like I said, I think that field goal one, cause we ended up getting the ball back, but um, yeah, the, that the, it, it was very much a, it was very much a, a championship caliber. Like, what are you made of kind of, kind of game? Yeah. And he probably found out more about his team um, in the, in this game than he has all season. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, the field goal drive was the one where uh, <laughs> it's actually a drive where Brock Bowers had two back-to-back one-handed catches. Uh, but the right. second one, the second one didn't count because he was covered uh, up. So we lined up wrong. <laughs> brutal, brutal. I mean, just yeah. a, a, a play that will never count, but was amazing. Yeah. What a catch, dude. He, he, I, he's unbelievable. I mean, I know, like, I do think it's time to start talking about like Brock Bowers for Heisman. I know Kirby got asked that in the post game and kind of shied away from it, but then ended up saying something along the lines of, you know, like you tell me who's a better football player. <laughs> Yeah, so. I mean he's not wrong. Like, I mean, look at who who in college football right now is is dominating on the level that he is. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I don't know that there's any like I don't know that there's any any folks that come to mind. You know, you could say like Williams or whatever, but like I mean, you they basically squeaked by squeaked by Colorado. They got smoked by Oregon. Um, yeah, maybe maybe you could say Bo Nix. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Um, I would, I know, uh, you had started to say something about like first Brock kind of first half or second half. And actually Kim and I were actually talking about that yesterday during the game. Like, like, what was the difference, you know? And like, my observation is that in the first half we were doing kind of what we've been doing with Brock with like the short passes and then hoping, then they just let him do it all on his own. Um, but then they were tackling him, right? Like he wasn't being able to just break tackles and make things happen on his own. But in the second half, we were getting more vertical with Brower, Bowers, hitting him downfield. And then and then he has the space to operate with, you know? Right. And I asked that question on the DC text thread. Like, uh, I think I had said, you know, I, I recognize Graham responded with like the, the stats of, of how much he's he's generated after contact when the, the first first pass is like a short pass or whatever. And yeah. then he runs he runs with it after the catch. Um, and yeah, I, I know that he has that in his arsenal, but when he doesn't have folks that are blocking their butts off on the outside on those bubble screens and things like that, like, I, I don't know, there's, it, there seems like that I can't really pinpoint it. Cause I'm not an X as an O's guy, but like, just as a, as a fan observing, there feels like that there's a series of plays where we decide to fling it, where he is like almost up against the boundary mm. and we're asking receivers to block through that duration of pass time. Um, Cause when you're flinging it to the side like that, the pass is usually coming in a lot slower, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have to 
you have to take a step back, turn, throw, all that, all that stuff is time. And I feel like that defenses have kind of cued in on that. Like, I mean, I I felt like it got blown up a couple of times in the first half yeah. pretty quickly. And it looked like that we were just, I mean, basically you're asking Brock to to catch the ball and get going, which he does get going quickly, but if he's immediately hit, I don't know. I just, the, the, the percentages, I feel like drop from there, but whereas we've shown and he's shown in multiple games this season and Beck has shown prowess in finding him. Um, when you let him run in the, in the, into the secondary and find open gaps, find open seams. Uh, I mean, shoot Beck, Beck missed him earlier this season, right? Like on a, on a sure touchdown run. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's fair it's fair to criticize like why we're doing what we're doing when he's showcased in multiple ways that that we can find him deep a uh, deeper deeper than just a quick out you know what i mean yeah i mean i don't think i don't think like bobo should be like above criticism by any mean i still think the fire bobo crowd is you know a little ridiculous but like sure. I mean, we, but we would criticize munkin plays right and i think munkin is pretty widely accepted as like the best offensive play caller we've had at georgia but right. I mean, even he wasn't perfect and we'd be like, why the heck did you do that? Right. So, I mean, it's the same here. Um, yeah. But yeah, I agree. I feel, and I feel like, I don't know. I feel like the kind of like the, the routes kind of grew throughout the game of being then, lateral to getting deeper. Right. Yeah. And then and maybe he set it up that way. Maybe right. he just set a rope and dope or whatever. Right. Could be. And then also like, welcome back lad. Right. I mean, lad McConkey, I know he didn't do, he didn't have like the deep shot bomb. Like he did kind of when he burst on the scene against Auburn two years ago, but um, I don't know. It was like, you know, first game back from injury, it was kind of like lad McConkey possession receiver. I mean, like he had some really key third down catches and was oh, doing a great job getting open on this underneath, underneath routes. Yeah. Uh, he had a couple of big plays. I think that there was a big, there was a big uh, third down conversion late in the game um, where he caught a ball on a quick out. That was a, maybe it was on fourth down. I don't know if it was on, I, I think it was on third down, but cause I remember Carter and I like jumping up and being like, yes, lad. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but yeah, like he, he, he had some great plays. I, if I'm being totally honest, like he didn't seem himself um, just in a sense that like, I felt like that, you know, I'm used to seeing Lad more twitchy, for lack of a better description. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. For 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 a first game back, obviously he's he's working his way back from he's working getting full speed. And in, in, in soccer world, we 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 say that he's um, he's he's working on his fitness. Absolutely, and that's what Kirby said. I think Kirby said that basically Lad is a, he, I mean, he's he's healthy, but he's just not in game shape. I mean, you know, wasn't able to go. I mean, he has been practicing. Right. So, um, right. Got to get back in game shape. Right. But yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that, that's what, uh, when you have a, a player that's out, you know, on the soccer field or whatever, like they, you know, they haven't been out for a long time and then all of a sudden they get, they get minutes in. Usually what happens is, is at least in the, in the EPL anyway, they'll, they'll sub a player on for the last like 20, 30 minutes of the game so that they can get some match fitness, um, mm-hmm. under their belt. Um, that felt like what we saw on Saturday was a similar football style approach where they got on, got, made some plays, um, but wasn't like a huge contributor. Yeah. Like not in the way that I guess we're used to seeing. We're used him. to seeing. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I mean like possession wise, um, you know, four catches. I don't know. I don't know that I expected him to come in and make four catches and especially like, 
I think the first third down conversion was a pass to him. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. Like they were, uh, I guess, meaningful receptions, but yeah, not those, not those big plays four, four catches for 30, 38 yards. I mean, one of those similar short, but amazing. The uh, there's a third down, I think on the first touchdown drive, I believe where Beck hung in there in the pocket um, got, uh, got, got nailed really. Right. Um, got hit right as he was throwing in, got the ball off to Rara. And then he, I think that was like a one-handed catch too. Right. Like that was, I don't know, people making plays. It was good to see. Right. Yep. Um, a couple other like little things from the, from an offensive standpoint that I would say that I would love to see more of. Um, I was kind of, I was kind of puzzled, you know, we, we seem to be playing really apprehensive at the very beginning of the game. But we, like you said, we just like the Brock Bowers is a great example. Um, we tried a lot of short stuff with him. We tried a little, a lot of short stuff with, with a lot of folks. Mm -hmm. um, but it wasn't until we started attacking vertically that we started seeing results um, in terms of the, those big chunk plays, those explosive plays, et cetera. I, 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 maybe, I mean, do you feel like that that's been, kind of what it's been like all season like i feel like that this team is just like the offense is just super apprehensive about going vertical but when we have we've had a lot of success with it yeah well and that's where i feel like you know uab it felt like we made a point of getting vertical early right right this game i would agree i feel like we we didn't i mean early we weren't really going deep at least on the first drive but to be fair like Auburn's run defense had not been very good. And like the first drive ended where we didn't get, you know, we ran a zone inside zone on a third and two. I mean, I feel like you should get two yards against that defense, honestly. But then, and then the other thing is, I think also to remember is I think it was the second, I think it was the second drive. I know it was early. I mean, actually, yeah, it was the play before the interception. I mean, Delp was wide open. So like we got vertical. He was just overthrown. Um, Beck needs to put more air under that pass, you know, he threw it too flat to Delp um, and Delp wasn't able to get, wasn't able to get there, but I mean, he was wide open. He was behind, he was behind the whole defense. Um, that should have been an easy touchdown. Um, and then the next play was the pick. So, which I don't know, maybe made a shy away from it a, a little bit. Um, I don't even know that, that that's really the case though, but so I don't know. I don't know, man. Like I think uh, some things didn't, didn't work out early. Great plan the ball for the pick, but again, that pick never should have happened if, if Beck hits Delp for a touchdown. Yeah, and then you had Delf, uh, Delf, you know, had had the fumble later in the game too. Yeah, man, that the way, the beginning of the second half was not like uh, uh, the beginning of the second half of South Carolina. <laughs> I think we kind of all expected us to just come out and do that again, and man, we did not. I mean, between that and then when they ruled the Dejan, they, you know, it wasn't a fumble, but they ruled it a fumble on like the next drive. Initially, it was just like, oh my gosh. Uh, that might have been too much to overcome. I don't know who knows, but it didn't matter anyways because it was not actually a fumble. There was I, another one. Did they the Brock play on? I think it was on the last drive. Yeah, the, that was that was. Did they even. rule that a fumble on the field? Because I know they they reviewed it and said not a fumble, but the broadcast made it sound like they they like the ruling on the field was a fumble and a recovery by Auburn, which was crazy. I don't think that they were. But okay. speaking speaking of controversial like turnovers. There was a play at the beginning of the game um, where Auburn had a player who, you know, the running back took took the took the ball, and it was kind of on a goal line situation. And 
like he was he was stuffed and stopped but the pocket kept moving mm-hmm. and the play was whistled dead really quickly like yeah. it was whistled dead super fast but i felt like that the pocket like that they were still moving like he, maybe forward progress had stopped but there was still movement going on which yeah. indicated that usually if it's not backwards usually they let them go right um i was surprised at how quickly it was called um dead and we ended up stripping the ball in that situation um had that play stood we would have had an easy we would have had an easy like scoop and score situation um yeah but i and here's the thing like someone someone said i think john even said like he's like yeah it it was whistled dead as forward progress had stopped or whatever but like like i said the the pocket was still moving laterally and i watched multiple games like throughout the rest of the day where a similar scenario happened and the pocket was moving backwards and they still hadn't blown it dead. And then like, I I don't know. I just, I felt like that the play was called prematurely, prematurely dead. And then I think that there was another, like talking about the officials, there was another play that happened later in the game where I feel like Gary was talking about something. I can't remember what it was where he was, he was referring to like that. That was a missed call. I want to say, Oh, it was the full. It was the forward pass. So the quarterback very clearly like went beyond, went beyond the line of scrimmage and through an illegal pass that ended up being complete. And they went so fast that the replay booth, I guess, apparently didn't even have chance to review it. And we, time out to to give them time to review it that seemed that that was really weird to me like i i don't know i i was hoping i was hoping that we would have like some kind of big makeup call that would like (laughs) negate that later on but um it never came yeah yeah agreed agreed um that was a pretty big play too as i recall i I think it was a third down i'm not i don't remember um i think it was I think they converted third down on like the, when they ran up and snapped really quick or something. I'm not right. sure, but was, you, you can was, be right. But I yeah. definitely remember it. I mean, yeah, I mean, he ran, he ran beyond the line of scrimmage, then ran back behind the line of scrimmage and threw it. It's like, uh, <laughs> that sequence actually was pretty funny. Gary Danielson was like, I didn't think you could do that. Can you do that? <laughs> uh, they, they brought in the, the, the rules expert who confirmed you. You cannot do that. As usual, I saw a lot of Gary hate, and I will say that he was a little annoying um, at the beginning of this game for me, but um, probably because we were getting our butts whooped and I was just didn't want to hear anybody talking. Um, but he was right. Like, he was right on a lot of these things, man. Like, I, 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 I'll, I'll go to my grave as saying that Gary Danielson is unnecessarily hated. <laughs> yeah, I had more just general issues with the broadcast. Honestly, like <laughs> they opened the broadcast with the prayer of Jordan here. And like, like that was how they opened the broadcast and they didn't like Bad reciprocate. Start. Well, they could, like, you know, if you're going to show that you can't like turn around and then show Michael Johnson, like Greena Johnson right after that. Like we're going to only show an Auburn play, you know? Mm-hmm. And I thought that was kind of weird. Um, and then like, <laughs> 
Brad Nessler could not pronounce Makai Muse's name right. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember Mickey. what he kept saying. Mickey. Yeah, like, like, Mickey, <laughs> and then he called him like Mikhail White or something, or, or Mikhail Muse. I don't know. It was so weird. And then uh, he finally got it right eventually. But the first two times was was a swing in the miss. And then like when we went to halftime, and Jenny Dell, the sideline reporter, asked Kirby about the team being rattled, and he was like, oh, "I don't think we were rattled." <laughs> So, I don't know. I was like, man, things aren't, uh, I don't know. That, that was all just kind of weird. So whatever. I don't know. They, I guess they're getting out of the SEC, so they can just make everybody mad now. Yeah. Speaking of the broadcast experience, <laughs> we've talked about it on the, on the podcast, the, the like amount of commercials that have come out as a result of the, the clock changes or whatever, or at least the perceived yeah. um, the increase. So Carter, Carter at one point on the couch was like, "Oh my god, why do they keep going to the commercial?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, if that's not a kid that's been raised in a Netflix world, I don't know what uh, what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I do feel like it'll be like it'll be like timeout commercial punt commercial. I'm like, like come on, guys. I don't know. There, there was there was definitely like the the, the moment that like made him snap was. Like we had just come out of a commercial, a run and play, and then there was no injury. There was no like nothing. It was just like, oh, let's go to commercial. Yeah, it's that's <laughs> annoying. That's annoying. Um, one thing I did forget to call out that was amazing that I like freaked out about was Brock Bowers fullback. Uh, oh, Brock yeah. got a carry <laughs> from the fullback spot, and I was just like, yes. <laughs> so that made me happy. I mean, right. we we had like a weird uh, formation one time too, with like when there were three backs. Uh, it was like Bowers, Edwards, and Dylan Bell all in the backfield one time. That one was interesting. Uh, wasn't it, back was, and rewatch. Wasn't the Bowers fullback play? Was that was that a potential like score? It I was like a, what the scenario was. No, it was a third. Uh, oh, like for the drive. Yeah, yeah, it was like a third and two. Like he converted a third and two, just fullback dive in the middle with, yeah. with Brock Bowers. It was amazing. It was beautiful. I loved it. Yeah. Um, I feel like Bobo, Bobo was was setting us up for for a play down the road where where <laughs> they put him in the fullback position for a touchdown. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty sweet. That was pretty sweet. All right. Well, why don't we take a, a quick minute to remind everyone that uh, season four of My Got a Podcast is presented by Oxia Time. Uh, so OxyTime is a Swiss watch company. Uh, they make custom Swiss watches, and you've got to check out their 2021 and 2022 Georgia National Championship watch collection. Uh, so they've got them in multiple colors, multiple faces, uh, multiple watch band styles as well. So be sure to go check them out at oxiatime.com. That's A-X-I-A-T-I-M-E.com. And you can use the code my God, a podcast at checkout to get a custom uh, presentation box uh, to go along with your watch. So you can have it on display in your home as well. Absolutely. All right. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't even know that we have to go like offense, defense or whatever, but I guess we could. <laughs> I mean, we, we, we just spent a lot of time talking about the offense. Did you have any other comments about the offense? And then I do have some comments that I want to make about the defense I'll, I'll, along those same lines. And this might be a good segue into the defense. Okay. I'll, I'll let you go. Did you have anything else? No, I mean, I, I, I don't know, man. Like Brock Bowers, amazing. Uh, <laughs> Dejan Edwards, really good. Uh, I don't know. I, I did. I felt like the backs did well. I, I, okay. The only the other thing I'll say is the way Dejan Edwards gets so low to the ground is incredible. Uh, the the second touchdown he scored, the one that was on the toss sweep, there's a, there was a point where he like ducked under people 
and he and like he does that all the time. It's just so cool to watch. So I don't know. I love it. Like again, you had a fullback getting first downs and then toss sweep scoring touchdowns is my kind of my kind of offense on those plays. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've been wanting to see this little cannonball roll um for a while now. Ever since ever since he was spelling time for uh DeAndre Swift and uh you know those guys. But um yeah, so uh, a couple of things. So speaking of the running game, Dylan Bell. Uh, I feel like we need to see more of Dylan Bell in the backfield. Um, mm-hmm. Kid seems like he would be a serious weapon for us coming out of the backfield as both a receiver and you know a running back. Um, I thought he did. I thought he did really well. Um, other other things that I'd like to to note. Um, you know. Brock Bowers certainly a special player, but like if Bowers, if we're if the offense is struggling, um, you know, I, Dominic Lovett and Ra Ra Thomas. If I'm sitting in their shoes, I'm probably frustrated. You know, I, those are two of the best wide receivers in the SEC from last year, and they haven't really done anything. I don't know if it's I don't know if we're not just giving them looks or if they're not doing the right things on the blocking side of things. Uh, I mean, Dominic got, got, you know, s- some op- opportunities, but Ra-Ra Thomas, like we're talking, like we're talking about the, the vertical passing game. Ra-Ra mm-hmm. has come up big at multiple points this season. I really wish that we would give him more, more looks deep. Um, he just seems like he's kind of like our AD Mitchell type person in terms of making those big, those big plays um, deep. I mean, I think he had a, he had a big, a big pass catch late in the game um around the goal line um and i feel like that that was i would love to just see more of rara thomas just just straight up yeah Yeah. um other things from the offense the other the other big thing that i'd like to to comment on is the the dueling the dueling punters Um, uh yeah The the punting situation for Auburn was definitely i was like man (laughs) we didn't have it in the game notes but like (laughs) Another another game where the punter is the story. He kept pinning us back deep. No man, we talked about the punter because we talked about well, we talked about his look. We did talk about his look. Yes, well, we and, did he was from, the and he he's he's from he was from the same uh, the same he, he's from that pro kick Australia man. That's like a yeah. this the punter the punter factory. So mm-hmm. yeah, dude, he was a weapon. I mean, he was the he was the preseason the what uh, Ray, Ray guy all SEC preseason or whatever so, oh, okay yeah anyway both of our punters are both of those punters uh showed out um but um the other thing that i'll say and this can probably segue into the into the defensive conversation is the offensive line has been so inconsistent yeah. um i think that moving forward um my what i want to see from these teams from our team moving forward is consistency We've been so inconsistent. I mean, this is this game is such a perfect uh, a perfect case for that argument. First half, I felt like we were garbage. In the fourth quarter, we were lights out on on along the lines, both both lines, and that's yeah. where I think that the segue comes in is that we just got bullied on both lines of scrimmage, and I don't really understand. Like like to to start the game early on, like Fairchild, you know, he whiffed on a block that. I just felt like they had guys coming in completely unblocked, meaning that someone has missed their assignment. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's the it's a really nicely disguised blitz where the middle linebacker comes in and just lays lays out Carson Beck on a delayed blitz that the running back didn't pick up on because he's looking elsewhere so late in the play, 
I don't know, man. Um, but I felt like that we got pushed around um, more so than we're used to this seeing this team. And I hate to say it, Jim, but I'm going to have to have a conversation with my friend Stacy Searles, man, because um, I need to see some more out of that offensive line unit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, we're, we're down Mims, um, but mm. I mean, you know, we've Next recruited like we got to recruit. We recruited like crazy. Yeah, we we've had offensive linemen go down before in the past. Um, so yeah, I got to step in there. Yeah, Which, to 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 my concern, like you know, I don't, I don't, I don't doubt that Stacy can coach, but I don't, I don't know. Maybe his, maybe he's having. I don't know. I guess I'll I'll, I'll hold hold complete judgment for later, but. I had concerns about Stacy Cyrils when he was announced as a as a hiring as a hired yeah, <laughs> offensive yeah, yeah. one. Yep. Um, but I, this is the type of performance that I feel like I was used to. Does that right. make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys, you guys have a rocky relationship, John. We have a rocky relationship. <laughs> yes. And but you know, flip side, this defensive line is is also struggling. We have not been able to set an edge. To save our life all season long. Yeah, it was frustrating, man. And that was what was so what I said it earlier, but I'll repeat it. Like, I did not think that a team so one dimensional would be able to gash us like that. Um, because we knew that all we had to worry about was the run. Um, I mean, they they couldn't throw the ball against us. Like they can't throw the ball against anyone. I mean, they had, they hit a few plays, but they didn't even have a hundred yards passing, um, right. which is, which is par for the course for them. I mean, they tend to, not, they hadn't been doing that against power five opponents. Um, so like, I guess no, no surprise there. I mean, 88, 88 yards passing in this game. Um, and they scored 20 points. Uh, but, but again, I mean, turnovers, great equalizer, right? Uh, 14 points off turnovers. But it was, it also though, wasn't like, it wasn't like we turned the ball over inside the red zone or something like that. You know, like they still had to go a little bit of voice um, off of both of those turnovers, but knowing that there was no passing game and for them to be able to rush for over 200 yards um, is that was crazy to me. Like I thought there was no way they're going to be able to run the ball like that. Um, and s- s- certainly not Peyton Thorne. <laughs> being right. able, I mean, I know like that's what yeah. they do and everything, but um Man, thankfully we were able to run him down on that one long play. I thought he was gone for a second, but uh, yeah. thankfully we were able to run him down. Run him down. Yeah, I, I think at one point in the second half, I was messaging the thread like they had six total attempts, and we were still getting like we we're still having a struggle on getting to the quarterback, making plays, getting stops, etc. Um, yeah, dude. Uh, so, so here's the thing. So, if you remove that Peyton Thorn performance. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that the game completely gets flipped. I like at, at multiple points throughout the game, I was actually like grateful that uh that Hugh Freeze, I almost said Gus Malzahn. Uh <laughs> I was grateful that Hugh Freeze was making the rotation decisions that he was making because in my opinion, he killed his team's momentum by putting in Robbie Ashford. And yeah. I feel like that that was like I, the, the announcers even said on the that Kirby was like concerned about Robbie Ashford or whatever because of what he did last year or something like that. Mm-hmm. But like, I, dude, I mean, look, just look at the stat line. Like Peyton Thorne is your starting quarterback. Like, I, there's no reason to bring in Robbie Ashford in my opinion. Like, literally, no reason at all. Um, 
I just don't I don't I don't understand why they they feel like that they needed him as part of the game plan because when he came in I feel like was when Georgia started doing well and then when Peyton Thorne came in with things started going you know not quite as good for us yeah um, yeah I mean all those runs like there's multiple there's multiple situations I mean Peyton Thorne you know he was playing Ole with uh, with one of our defensive ends um you know, Chas Chambliss, I feel like, was crashing down. Of course, we were joking about it. Like there was one play late in the game where he was crashing down that actually, like, caused them to – was it a turnover on downs? That was a turnover on downs play. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were giving him hell all game long for crashing down uh, on the running back, which I guess you didn't expect pregame that the running back was going to be able to do what he did or the, the quarterback was going to be able to do what he did, but, like – at the same time, you got to make adjustments in game, right? Like the quarterback is clearly being a factor in the running game. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't understand our approach on defense. And I think that Glenn Schumann, Will Muschamp, you know, they're both co-defensive coordinators. I don't really know who's in charge of what in terms of the game plan. Um, but they both deserve criticism from this game because we should – there's no reason – that we should be as exposed as we were on the edges. And I, like, if I'm Auburn I, I, at one point, I was like, why is Auburn even like trying to run up the middle? Like they should just keep running on the edges. Cause every single time they run on the edge, there's literally nobody there for Georgia. Yeah. It, it, I mean, on that line, uh, or something that Kirby said um, after the game that I thought was pretty interesting. He said that, uh, so Kirby got a question about the success of the Auburn quarterbacks running the ball. And, and he said, they copied some things UAB did. And he said, and we, and we expected that that's, what's disappointing. You expect it and you don't stop it. So that is kind of crazy um, that they felt like UAB, that they were going to pick up something that UAB did. And we still, we still couldn't stop it. So I don't know that I'm sure that's frustrating, but I, I think it's on the coaches, right. To get that message through to the kids. So. Yeah, but at the same time, it's also on the coaches that are putting the kids out there, right? At some point, mm -hmm. the kids are not producing. The The edge has been a, an issue all season long. Yeah. And at some point, you've got to make a decision on whether or not you're going to play certain kids and whether or not you're going to play certain freshmen, right? Like, mm -hmm. give give the freshmen a chance. If these guys aren't getting it done, like, we've got to say – Okay, like show me what you can do. Show me, you know. Kirby likes to say, "Oh, you're a five-star recruit. Show me." Yeah. Well, I don't think that our defensive ends are are showing a whole lot right now. I mean, it it concerns me I, on the in the in the lead up here. I feel like was it Drew Butler that I heard was talking to? Who was he talking to? I can't remember who he was talking to. Um, but. When you've got a defensive back leading the tack leading the team in tackles, that's not a good that's not a good situation. Right, right, yeah. I mean, first uh, first team to rush for over 200 yards against the Georgia defense since 2018 LSU. So that's pretty crazy. I did not expect this team of all teams to be the one to do that. Yeah, seriously. Like, and especially Peyton Thorne. Like, yeah. He, I mean, if you if you remove all of the success that he had on the ground, they really didn't do a whole lot. And like no. you said, you look at the stat line, it's like, okay, 88 yards passing, 219 yards rushing, blah, blah, blah. Like Georgia had two two turnovers. Like, uh, yeah, it's kind of like you, you and I like to always play that that game. Like if I'd have told you before the game, mm -hmm. we had a couple interceptions, uh, you know, a fumble, interception, uh, and they had 219 yards rushing. Like what would you say? 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe that model that we were joking about pre pre game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, College football nerds. <laughs> what, do they, what do they know? <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Yeah, I mean, well, and and Thorne, right? So he had he had ninety two yards net rushing. I mean, sixty one of those were on that one on that, that one play. play. Yeah. Um, but he did have some drives that were extended because he did like. <laughs> We we tried to set the edge, and this has happened a couple of times too. Like we we actually didn't allow them to beat us on the edges, but what we did was, was we over pursued on the outside, which basically just like parted the ocean for him to take take off on another big chunk run. Yeah, um, that's happened a couple of times this season too. It's like, dude, it's like you know, feast or famine on, on the defensive line all season long. I joked about this, but like you know. I, Georgia has set itself up, had set itself up to have multiple guys come up through the ranks. We had Jordan Davis, we had Jalen Carter, and the the gap here is, and I feel like maybe that's what we're seeing, is that we just don't have the next guy in line just yet. Bear Alexander was supposed to be that guy for us, and he transferred um, to go to USC, right? Um, You could probably argue, based on what I've heard, whether or not it was a good thing for us or, or not, but like... The kid, I, f- I feel like that he would have excelled in this scenario. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Neither here nor there. But right. right. So but I'm just it, saying, like, no, you're not wrong. So would have Eddie Mitchell like, for who, that matter. But who's the next guy up on the defensive <laughs> yeah. line that would have replaced him? You know what I mean? Like, yep. Yeah. We've we've got to accelerate the development. Yeah. Yeah. No. Agreed. Um. I mean, I guess like on that note, right? Like we've, we've talked about, I don't know, man, like I, I just think back to like 2021 where it was like, you know, how long did it take until someone even scored like a rushing touchdown on us? Like period. Like we just like didn't let guys into the end zone on the ground. Right. And it's not like, we're not, I mean, we're, we're not playing to that standard right now. I mean, I don't think there's any way there's any way around it. So yeah. I mean, what's it going to, what's it going to take for us to get there or, or will we get there? I mean, you know, this team doesn't have to be as good as last year's team to be good or even great. Right. We're not playing against the field from last year. We're playing against the field from this year. So I think, I think this season in general is a lot different. Um, so I don't know, like with, the, I know there's a lot of like moaning and groaning and, and, and griping about expectations, et cetera, but I don't know. Like I, I do feel like we, you don't necessarily have to be as good, but I mean, it's definitely uh, it's definitely a drop off like there's kind of no way around it i mean i don't know i mean i know we say in the defense we trust in kirby we trust um oh can we ride the defense this season like we have been though (laughs) right well i mean here's here's another factor that i think i'll i'll touch on is maybe what we're seeing here jim is just i mean it's just a we have so many young guys on on defense Mm -hmm. um you've got uh let's see you know, CJ Allen, Dumas Johnson, junior freshman, Jalen Walker's a sophomore, Sori's a soft redshirt sophomore, Smiles a junior. Um, I'm not sure what's in, in Damon Wilson or Pemba. I don't know. Pemba's what, a freshman. Uh, Pemba's a freshman. Yeah. Um, Darius Smith's a sophomore. Marvin Jones Jr. sophomore. Chaz Chambliss is a junior. Um, I. Is is Warren Brinson like the only true like senior starter on this defensive line? Like what's uh on the line? I mean Stackhouse. Yeah, I was gonna say Stackhouse, like whether he is necessarily out there on the first play or not. But yeah, yeah. 
But I mean, that was that was kind of the question this year, right? Is like those were the guys that were spelling. Williams, a sophomore. But they were they were like spelling those guys that we were talking about, right? Like Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, and now like they are the guy, right? So I mean, it's a it's definitely I mean it's it's a new space for them to be in, and they're I think they're still learning how to be the guy, you know? Right. I mean, we've obviously got some some experience in the in the secondary. Tyke Smith, like holy cow, like dude, he's playing out of his shoes right now. Javon yeah. Bullard, same thing. Um, but we definitely have some questions uh, in the secondary as well. Dalen Everett, I feel like he's going to be a guy that's going to continue to get picked on all season, all season long, because it just, he just feels like it's kind of the, he's the, um, he's the new guy to, to get picked on. Right. I mean, to be fair, that guy last year was Keely Ringo. Right. Ringo, right. I mean, like, which again, I mean, I don't know, NFL draft pick. So I'm just saying, I, I've, and I've seen a lot about, Everett and everything, and I'm hearing that a lot. I mean, he's a sophomore, though. He is, but I thought he played pretty good yesterday. I mean, he made some. Huge, I thought he played. He made he some had that huge one play plays. Where he, he punched the ball out. That yes, that, he had uh, that play, and then there was another one. Uh, yeah. There was like a fade down the sideline. I mean, and like you know, Auburn was crying for interference or whatever. But like, I thought that was good coverage too. So I don't know. I, I thought he played pretty well personally. I bring but, I bring up number six because I feel like that that's a number that kind of like Ringo last year, like, you know, Oh dang it, Ringo. Like even, even amongst, amongst yeah, yeah, yeah. us, right. That's like, why we I were, said, that's why I brought it up. He's like, he's <laughs> like, he's like, like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde person or whatever, but he's, yeah. he's still only a sophomore. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, we've got Kamari Lasseter. I'm, I'm curious to see like what's going on with Julian Humphrey. Like, I, I don't know. I thought that that would have been a guy that we would see more of. But he's one yeah. of those guys that's like, you know, maybe we'll start to see more of them as the season rolls on and they start giving these guys some opportunity to to make some to make some moves. Yeah. We made a mail. We very well may. Yeah. I don't know. Malachi Starks, sophomore. Like we we we've got a lot of youth in the on, on this defense. And maybe yeah. we haven't given maybe we haven't given them credit enough to allow them to grow up. Um yeah. into the into the defense that we're used to seeing where you know, we got this isn't a situation like with it or 21 where you had, you know, Jordan Davis, you had all of the guys, Nolan Smith, you had, um, oh my gosh, like all all of the guys that came through, right? Like everybody that that, that left that after that season. Yeah, I was gonna say, I, I don't have the soundboard hooked up, John, but Robert Beal, right? Yeah. He's not he's not walking through that door either. So, <laughs> right, right, right. Uh-oh. Anyway, um, just give them, just give them, just, I, this is, the, this is kind of the, the team. Like we're, we're literally watching what appears to be a championship, you know, potential team grow up. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's right. I think that's right. Uh, you want to review coaches over unders? Yeah, we don't have to. I extended my lead. I went, where did I go? I, not again, not by much. I went five and three. You went four and four. Fading you on the miscellaneous did not work uh, because Gary Danielson definitely hit the over on mentioning UGA slow starts. Uh, so I am too, too up on you. So uh, moment by moment, you can still uh, work right back, John. Moment by moment, Jim. <laughs> Thanks again, coach. We're not, we're not for rattled. Checking this. We're not rattled. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, <laughs> Thanks again, coach Joe Bill for uh, telling those for us. Much appreciated. Um, Let's see what else you got, JP. I, I don't know. Like, I, I guess we definitely underestimated the the voodoo at Jordan Harris. Kind of how I 
how he chalks it up. I did tweet that I blamed Scott Duvall because he predicted like a super close game. I said it was his fault. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I, I blame you, Scott. Um, no, I, I would say the only thing that we probably haven't given enough credit for is uh, we had a pretty we had a pretty big payday. Oh, good call. Good call. Good call. Expand, John. Expand. <laughs> I mean, he came he came in clutch for us, right? Like we he did. We, he hit what two two big field goals for us. Yeah. Um, he had been kind of iffy all season long. I mean, you talk about, you know, Carson Beck coming in, you know, first time, you know, first first career rib start for him, same thing. So um guy had been pretty, you know, he he's been kind of kind of off, uh, for lack of a better description. Um, at least more so than what we're used to in the past. Um yeah. Yeah. And he came in clutch for us. And I think that he deserves a lot of credit because he nailed both of his kicks. He did. He absolutely split the uprights. They were perfect. Right. There was no doubt, no doubt, like, which you can't say the same thing for Auburn because they had one kick that was like, oh, is he going to make it? Uh." Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, There was no doubt. As soon as the ball left his foot, it was, it was good. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. That's a good call, JP. That's a good call. Can't believe it left out payday. Also, I, I still have to send it to you. Uh, I noticed that Carson Beck and uh, Payday have a bit of a handshake that they do uh, after a field goal make. Uh, so I might have to give, give that. I, th- I think I need to find a better angle of it than when I saw it. It was a little far away. Uh, but okay. uh, I, I, on that note, we also had our first like really good gifable moment uh, in the post game with Brock Bowers stroking his chin. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad that you and I were both on the same page. That, as, soon was, as, I, as soon as I saw it, I was like, "Oh, sweet lord!" <laughs> that was the best. That was the best. Like uh, inside baseball, when you you texted me, I believe your text was Brock Bowers stroking his chin. Dot gif, and I was like, "I'm on it. I'm already on it." <laughs> yeah, it was. Oh. It was like as usual. We agree. Holy um, cow. Because yeah. I'll be honest, like that, like Brock and uh, you know, Brock and Carson haven't been like the greatest GIF moments. Like they're not like Stetson where we're 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 dropping mix and doing doing air guitars and right all, right. all the different things. And Brock basically, you know, sometimes you see the guys celebrate and stuff, but like Brock is like the lunch pail guy. Like he he goes yeah. and like I mean, guy the guy scored like what was the the go ahead touchdown that effectively was the game winner and turned around and was like, all right, let's, let's line up for the kick guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I thought it was, it was nice too. Like, I mean, every game it's just been Carson getting interviewed. So I, I, I did think it was nice that they, uh, they let someone else talk on TV too. <laughs> I feel like Got Brock interviewed there. Brock a few times this season though. I feel like it's been Carson like every game. Oh every- Yeah um although you know i don't know i've been at i've been at the games i don't know maybe i missed a couple the only reason I'm watching. because only reason i say that is because i know that my wife has has made comments before like that's brock bowers <laughs> right right <laughs> uh, bless his heart uh the guy <laughs> the guy is the guy is an absolute killer out there um but yeah i would say that um yeah, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <He's> gonna... <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. He's going to make uh, a lot of money in the NFL. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, maybe he needs a My Got a Podcast hat. That's that's what he needs. Doesn't he? I'm I'm actually surprised we haven't seen more NIL situations like that. Like the whole, you know, like my buddy is this, my buddy has this like audio visual like company, like kind of like an entourage, like where they like 
hey right. man, you just gotta wear this hat on the interview. Just put <laughs> right. this hat on. Like <laughs> right, right. Just gonna tell you go down to Jim Bob's AV. <laughs> uh yeah. Or or like a Coke bottle. Like I'm surprised that we haven't had anybody coming through like, hey, what what does Brock Bowers do? I, I don't know. Whoever um I think like last year it was like Stetson, like someone like rolls up with some raising gains, like right. Right. I'm just gonna take a bite of this raising gains chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Not a sponsor. Yet. Yes. Uh well, if you need a my got a podcast hat, head over to mygotapodcast.com slash store. Uh check out the new site, uh working web media. Helped us put it together. If you need help with your website or your on- online presence, be sure to go check them out at workingwebmedia.com slash dogs, and they will know that we sent you their way. All right, JP. Um did you, I know for me, post game, actually in the fourth quarter, we were like sending Lily, Lily went away, just went off to homecoming. homecoming. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was good. She had fun. So it was, it was, it was, uh, like I said, it was just, they just went uh, like friend group, uh, wasn't like a, like super extravagant or anything. So like we took some pictures at the house and then just Kim took Lily over to, to the friends and it did pictures there, uh, which we, <laughs> Which apparently Kim was like listening to Scott Howard uh, through her phone in her AirPods uh, while like taking pictures at the friend's house. Uh, so apparently Kim like Kim screamed uh, in front of everyone when Starks got the pick to to seal the game. Um, but it was it was good, man. It was it was good. Uh, time flies. I uh, can't believe my uh, my youngest was going to her first homecoming dance. It's kind of crazy. That is kind of crazy. I remember I remember that last year. So. Um... Yeah. Um, other than that, how was how was the weekend? It was good. I mean, you know, so when our I I did sit out. I was basically on the porch like all day uh, yesterday. So we did do we did the bean dip. We did wings. I actually did wings on the big green egg. Um, so we had bean dip and wings, very healthy uh, meal for dinner. Um, did that, and then I sat out, made a fire at, at when the sun went down. But uh, yeah, sit out there for Ole Miss LSU and um yeah that game was amazing but that game was fun to watch and then duke notre dame was fun so duke notre dame was so fun to watch which like man if you if you'd have told me before the season that i would say something like that or if I, you know go back in time five years hey just so you know duke's gonna be good one year right <laughs> what what <laughs> yeah yeah i feel bad for him at the end uh i mean i'm gonna feel bad for them when mike elko signs for i don't know He'll probably end up at Florida with our luck, but um, because yeah. good gracious, like, <laughs> yeah, what's going on with Florida, man? Yeah, seriously, <laughs> like, it couldn't happen to a better uh, a better bunch. Um, let's see what else. Uh, what other? What are some other good games? Ah, I feel like I saw uh, Nick Saban have some really epic rage strokes uh, on the sideline for Ole Miss. He, matter of fact, he was. He was quoted as like when when they asked him like, "Hey, coach, what did you do?" And, and he was like, "Well, did you just see me chew into lay into them like not a few seconds ago? Like it was the most Nick Saban moment ever." Yeah, I didn't watch as much of that game. It, it wasn't as wasn't super entertaining to me. I didn't watch very much of it either. One game that I wish that I watched more of was the USC Colorado game. Like, holy cow, that game was a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I think I went like I went grocery shopping for the bean dip stuff and then yeah because i mean usc was up big right and then colorado yeah. came back so yeah, yeah. Oh, i mean oh, you're telling me that a lincoln riley 
coach team <laughs> almost uh, allowed a comeback or almost lost. Like, right, right. I feel like that's just the story. Like, they, they, you have to jump out and score more than the rest of the team in the first half than uh, if you're wanting to win that game. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Back on the note of this college football season is, is kind of crazy. I mean, we had a scare, uh, but so did Washington. So Washington is is that team that, you know, everyone has started to kind of question, should they be getting some first place votes, et cetera. Um, yeah. And uh, they struggled with Arizona. So they struggled. Uh, we all struggled. Um, oh, our friends, our friends down at the, the trade school. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, the uh, what, what was the they, they were wearing black uniforms, but I can't, but they called them like the ghost uniforms, the ghost is, uniforms. Is yeah. that right? Yeah, yeah, it didn't, 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 uh, didn't work out. The Bowling Green, like, did, did you see the sports center catch that their receiver made? The Bowling Green receiver, I haven't seen any of the highlights. All I know is that they lost and they wore a glow in the dark uniforms <laughs> at 3 30 in the afternoon. <laughs> yes, all true. Uh, so there's a, there's a Bowling Green receiver made a one-handed touchdown catch. That was, is pretty oh, sweet. Check it out. Yeah. 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 It was nice. All I, all I know is that you had, you had given me that nugget. Carter, Carter actually asked me today. He's like, what, who else? Like, did, were there any upsets? And I was like, I don't think so. And I was like, well, Georgia Tech lost the Bowling Green at home. <laughs> he goes, they <laughs> lost? Oh, <laughs> uh, nice. Uh, hey, it, you know. All in all, not a bad Saturday when the dogs win, uh, Florida loses, and Tech loses. Oh, so. we didn't mention it. We mentioned it on the preview, the Fighting Hunters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the, that was the game that I that I watched the most of. Um, at least right. I watched like the fourth quarter when our game was over. So that game was yeah. drunk in the first quarter. Yeah that that game was that game was fun. And so Kim and I were sitting watching that, and it's like you know, it's a lot more fun. <laughs> you can enjoy it when you're not stressed at all like when it's not you and you see teams going through that i was like oh this is fun <laughs> yeah yeah seriously especially when you're outside in the fire i'm a little jealous carter was like are we gonna take the fire and the tv outside i was like no dude it's like almost 90 degrees outside yeah but again man with all the talk of how easy our schedule looked preseason you know Ole miss almost looking pretty good uh kentucky coming in undefeated like we thought they could uh missouri still looking pretty good so I don't know. Don't uh, shouldn't judge all that stuff before the season starts. I think yeah, we need to learn that. So. I mean, even even like as recently as today, like people are telling us that our our schedule is is still super weak. You know, the strength of schedule and all this kind of nonsense. And like, I mean, what if what if we end up playing these teams and you know we let's say we run the table right and our Kentucky's their only our, we are we are Kentucky's only loss we are Missouri's only loss they run the table like you yeah. know what I mean like there's so yeah. many different scenarios that could happen yeah yeah agreed agreed all right man well it was either the 128th or 130th edition of the deep south's oldest robbery <laughs> yeah <laughs> depending that, on who you ask <laughs> that was that was another inside baseball moment where I uh, <laughs> before the before the game even started I I, I sent you a text message 128 question mark and you're like what <laughs> I didn't, yeah I didn't even know I, it took me a minute to figure out what you meant I got it I got it before you had <laughs> you to did. tell me I was impressed I did figure it out yeah well hey that's like like I said man it's not a rivalry unless the schools disagree on what the all-time series record is <laughs> I guess that's also an indicator of like if your schools disagree on on the record or whatever, it's probably an indication that you should play every year. 
Yeah, seriously. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And I don't I don't I don't like it being in September either. That game no. needs to be in, in November. <laughs> but get off my lawn. Get off my lawn. All right, man. Well, it was fun catching up, talking about the game as always. Um, we got uh, the game that looms large up next. What's up? We were less than a week less than a week out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We've been waiting on this one since the summer. <laughs> We've been waiting on this one since we found out British Bulldog was coming in. <laughs> oh, true, true. Do we know if Hunter's coming in town too? I don't know. I don't know. I know he's coming for Ole Miss. I don't know if he's coming yeah. for this one. We got to ask him. We need to lay some. We need to lay some peer pressure. <laughs> if you know Hunter, pressure him into going. Nice, nice. All right, man. Well, that was fun, and we will. Uh, well, you and I will be back tomorrow. If you're listening, we'll be back soon. <laughs> We will preview the Kentucky Wild Wildcats. But in the meantime, go dogs. Go dogs. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.